you know, that's how Asians build build our culture, right? The like Great Sunday, Wall. I thought Sunday, you were gonna say the Great Wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's just Chinese, not Asians. <laughs> Sunday dinners, Sunday oh. dinners. Um, you know, honoring the dead. Right. Like mm. these like going to the cemetery. Like, yeah. These are all rituals that people right. do. What why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Just mm-hmm. to teach the children you respect elders, right? Right. Uh. And so these are all embedded ritualistic activities to repeat like the values that they uphold. Hello and welcome to the Grotto Podcast where our hosts Steve Kim and Michael Yu have candid conversations on God, family, business and everything in between. I'm your producer Josh and we hope that the topics discussed in the Grotto leads you to think, reflect and hear what God is saying in your own life. Please enjoy this conversation on the Grotto Podcast. Welcome to the Grotto Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Yu. Steve, Kim. (laughs) This is Josh. All right, guys. Welcome back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I think it's been, uh, you know, it's it's a couple things have kind of happened recently in in. yeah, in our in our in our company actually, which is kind of which is which is a little bit interesting. So um, we're expanding mm-hmm. into, you know, into um, so we're going to be expanding into North Vancouver, uh, which mm, is nice. so we just basically got an office there, and uh, we're doing a renovation and building it out. And so you know, some people have kind of asked me, and this is kind of the the like, how do you keep a culture kind of, um, you know, as 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 a company grows, and that's something that we've kind of been talking about uh, at the at the office and how to kind of communicate mm. more effectively. So, yeah, I just thought it would be kind of a cool topic to kind of dive into and talk about. But yeah. um, maybe we can talk. See, when you were starting your um, your uh, New Joy Church or your your previous church, like, did you have that at the center? Did you have that as a topic at the center of your? Of, of what you guys were trying to achieve or what, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I had a, I didn't, well, this is one of the things I teach in the university now, but I cool. didn't, obviously I didn't know systematically how to organize, organize a company and create like a corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Now I do mm. like <laughs> systematically, theoretically, but I think I was just haphazardly. I was a 20, I was 29. Yeah. So 30, and I didn't really know a lot. So basically. So you were was, 30 when you started. Yeah. Yeah. 2001. So mm-hmm. just basically not yet 30, 29. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just basically going on like my values, what I believe and what I wanted to see happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I wish I knew all this stuff when we started, to be honest. Yeah. Because then I would have like consciously and intentionally created a culture that would probably will not be shaken and it has strong foundations. But I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about culture, uh, all the studies say is cultural values really at, it begins and ends with the senior leader or the founder. Mm. That's why it's really difficult to have a company and a, a culture is created mm. and then have another person come in. Mm-hmm. It can be done, but um, and try to create a whole different corp- corporate culture because it's so embedded because culture mm. is like, it is almost genetic. Like, like it's, it's passed down. It's, it's permeated through the company and people just kind of breathe it in mm-hmm. and you're, you're just, 
you don't even know like what's happening to you, but you just kind of get incorporated and sucked into this culture. Just like when you travel, you travel to a different country and you just start adapting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you just understand, oh, this is the way they do things around here. That's the essence of culture. This is what Mm -hmm. they do. And this is the way, the the reason they do it is because this is what they believe. Right. Like that's why when I go to Africa, I just always have this term. I tell my people, TIA, this is Africa. <laughs> so I always tell them when we're like in in a traffic, in what context, <laughs> like well, if you're in a traffic jam goes or something. Or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Just it's say a bit more free. And I'm, I'm completely <laughs> patient because I know that, uh, I know that. Well, this is Africa. Infrastructure is right. bad. People just are completely relaxed. Right. They mm-hmm. could be two hours late and it's fine. Yeah. It's just basically <laughs> Africa. So I never get upset. Right. My mom was like, TIA, man, this is Africa. Just enjoy yourself. Have another, mm-hmm. like, yeah. we'll have another beer or something. Just relax. Right. The meeting's not going to start for another hour. But people who are like, like, you know, first time there, they're very nervous. Like high strung or yeah, something. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, relax, man. This is Africa. Mm-hmm. But I would never accept that in North America. <laughs> right. You're, what you're 30, 40 minutes late, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But not in Africa. So it's just the way things are done. It's very permeated and it's how it's set up from the beginning. Yeah. So I think the senior leader or the founder kind of like spreads his genetic code into Mm. his or her genetic code into the company. And and it's basically rooted in what they believe and what they want to see happen. So this is like starting a culture in in a company, right? So Mm. um, I love I love this topic because it's it covers everything it's very like subconscious so we can go like micro and then macro but that's for starting and then if you look at say a company like apple when they transitioned from steve jobs to like uh, uh tim, tim cook. cook right like i think more or less it's kind of stayed the same and then if you look at like even countries if you like span it even more so where it's multi-generational culture um how does that maintain when obviously when the original founder is gone and do you think it stayed the same between Tim Cook and between, I, I think it's actually. I think it's definitely grown. Yeah, um, it's grown. I think it's a bit like personally. I think it. it now I I'm not at Apple. I don't. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, right. like you know, they're not as I haven't seen as much innovation and as much okay. like okay. revolutionary kind of concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say that's what exactly what we're talking about in our previous podcast. Yeah, Tim Cook is a good manager. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, and I feel like he's a really great operator, you know, like that's how, you know, that's kind of Steve Jobs was a leader. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's a revolutionary. I think more so like like even like I've read a a few Steve Jobs. I've read uh, I've read a couple of his like his biographies. Yeah. Um, You know, Walter Isaacson, another one that I read as well. Yeah, he's like highly like emotional erratic he was very care he could be super charismatic and uh-huh. super like he was like bipolar almost kind oh, of okay. like <laughs> um yeah steve jobs is i mean he's got some personality issues but yeah he always he was always bold and visionary right. entrepreneurial mm. yeah but I, th- I think it's always with the founder the mm-hmm. culture starts with the founder and then the reason apple stayed similar is because Tim Cook 
didn't try to change a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. He maintained the status quo okay. in a lot of ways. I think he expanded their, you know, I think their business model is refined a lot. It, right? Refined their yeah. business model. I think he's like a, a great um, kind good, of nuts and bolts financial leader. Optimizer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like their stock prices are just like like mind-boggling. They're, they're probably going to, as long as they're there, they're going to maintain that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that position is one of the most valuable companies in the world by mm. you know, by mm. probably a, a, you know he's in in that light but in terms of I, i'm not sure maybe they have like they're doing i know if steve jobs was around there'd be an apple car right now yeah right there'd be an apple oh. car there'd mm. be an apple like you know there'd be some other like um they're kind of you kind of push the envelope i right? i would think so i would i would see like you know i would see some I feel like I'd see some different things. Right. Um, but again, I think like, you know, so, you know, when we talk specifically about culture and, uh, you know, it's maybe starting something and building that own culture. I'm actually really like, I start, we started Oakland um, when I was 29, 30 years old. And fortunately enough, I attended New Joy Church, <laughs> um, you know, for, for a few years or for a, for a couple of years as I was as the company was being germinated, as it's being formulated. Right. And I learned so much from Steve specifically mm. and from the, you know, the tenets of uh, the church and, and Christianity, reading the Bible and trying to build um, like, you know, inside out, you know, and kind of that, that was a, you know, that was a really, um, it was a really impactful time. I remember like we would, my sister and I would, and my partner Morgan, and we had one, we only had one staff at the time. So the four, we closed the office and we would go, we went to like lock ourselves in a boardroom downtown, mm. not a boardroom downtown, like just a room downtown <laughs> to just mm-hmm. like brainstorm about kind of the the company and, mm-hmm. and, you know, what, what it was all about and, and kind of. And just really like um, examine inside to out what we like, what we would like to see, like what was the, what would kind of, you know, quote unquote, put like heaven on earth in an office, Mm. (laughs) like in a, in a work setting. Right. Um, So what what was your process? Like, did you focus on, okay, culture or like the brand or values? Did you really spend a lot of time forming, like formulating that? Or it was really kind of part of, you know, everything it all kind of came together i think um so that you know obviously we're all part of a bigger plan and you know i i spent even before we started the company i spent a lot of like we spent time praying and thinking about like like why are we starting a company why are we Mm. doing this like i was doing well as a real estate agent i didn't really need to start a company Mm. uh pretend like to to kind of I didn't really need to do any of that kind of stuff. I think it, things were really going pretty smooth. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, a, a big part of it was, uh, you know, just so it, kind of in, in a, in, and I've, I might've talked about it in a previous podcast, but in like a search for purpose and meaning, mm-hmm. like it was like, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. I, I was at, um, uh, I was in, in, when I was traveling in Taiwan, it hit me like a bolt of lightning to like start a company, to start uh, a oh, real really? estate company. Yeah. Oh. Um, and trying to do th- things differently to change the culture of 
Um, real, real estate. I remember you telling me. Yeah, exactly. And then talking to Steve, like, um, like of real estate, trying to change the culture of, of, of realtors in our industry mm. and trying to move it from being a selfish and competitive and kind of like abusive environment where and very transactional environment mm. to one of being like like we were talking about transformational really um inclusive mm-hmm. um very collaborative kind of like what god would want to see in a real estate brokerage trying mm-hmm. to trying to get there if we could if we can mm-hmm. you know and so um and that's kind of you know that that was the kind of the the spark of it and then we thought about how we could serve the people like who could we serve the best with the people we have right now which was like three people (laughs) like who could we serve the best okay and like how could we serve them the best Mm -hmm. and so we really like focused on the agents the customers that we have right and really like thought about our customers like what would they want like what's their experience that they would they like to you know to have Mm -hmm. and really like focused on on that on that element so we actually like we it, it, I don't know. I don't know why we came up with this exercise, but we basically like we invented. Oh, yeah. It was because of um, there was another company. Uh, Lululemon had um, two fiction. They have two fictional characters. OK. So Lululemon, when they were built, uh, when they were building Lululemon, mm. Chip Wilson uh, did biographies on on two fictional characters. And I think their names were their names weren't Kid and Ace. They were something else. Oh, OK. Um, their names were like ocean and something else. <laughs> so, and they wrote exact, they wrote exactly who their customer was. Oh, okay. So they basically wrote this biography of this personality traits, the Myers-Briggs, like everything about oh, wow. this individual. And they're okay. like, everything we're going to do is for these two people. Mm-hmm. And, so I think my sister, yeah, Arlene came up with that concept. And then we were talking about like, who can we serve the best? So like, we kind of like built these two customers, Wow. like two types of agents. So one was like a, like super, like, like, a, like a, a superwoman character, like, you know, really type a female. It was going to take the world by storm was really like, um, you know, walks fast <laughs> is kind of like, you know, this type of like my partner, Morgan. Yeah. yeah so like Morgan is the ideal, idealized version of, um, of, of kind of who, like we call her Taylor. So like, there's a, you know, she has an androgynous name. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, something that was in that, in that formula. And then, um, for, and then we created this other character named Sebastian and he's more laid back. He's like, um, you know, he's laid back. He like is a relaxed guy. He like, he's a bit like he's, he's softer. He's not as like, kind mm. of like, he's not like a hyper competitive guy. You're kind of covering the spectrum then. Yeah. yeah cover the spectrum. Yeah. And so like, and we thought we could serve this individual well, because we don't, we didn't want to be in like an alpha dog. Okay. Like, cause I was in an alpha dog company before, mm. like, where it's like whoever's the alpha mm-hmm. is like the boss of the everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't like that, you know, and it didn't feel good. It wasn't a like culture I really thought was um, healthy mm-hmm. um, because if you weren't the alpha dog, 
you felt lesser than you didn't feel part of a community, that type of thing. So, um, yeah. So basically, you know, we kind of, we formulated these two characters and how could we serve them really well? And then we really dove into, um, uh, values and like things that we would stand for to serve these two people. And we kind of like, so like we talked about what, what these two people would believe in and what do we believe in? Like, mm. what, what do we want to see in a company? What do we want to see in this world? Right. And then that's where we put, we came up with our seven core values that we, um, that we have in the company. They're on every, they're on the walls of all of our offices. Mm. They're like very prominently displayed everywhere. And it was really important. We carefully, carefully, slowly and deliberately, proactively <laughs> uh, kind of um, formulated those as, and we were very, very careful and, and very, very intentional about them. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like, this was before we even had any realtors. Wow. Mm -hmm. So like this before we had any customers and okay. like nobody was there. And those values already reflected what you already carried. Um, um, yeah, yourself, what we right? wanted to see, what we wanted to see, you know, I don't know if like anyone says that they can be perfect, mm -hmm. but I feel like that was what we wanted to see in the industry, Very you know, cool. that we were in, that we were, that we were currently in. And I love the industry we're in, like, you know, it's changed my whole life. If I, I think I, I told everyone on the last podcast that I used to sell vitamins. I could spend the same amount of work and energy on vitamins <laughs> and that I did in real estate and, you know, I think it would, I've done it, would have done okay, but mm -hmm. like, you know, it, I think it was because of the industry, right. you know, and, and there's just such a great opportunity there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just simple thing like that. I just love the industry so much and I don't want to see it like get destroyed. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time we started in, at Oakland, there was a lot of these things called shadow flipping. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like really, toxic um representation they were talking about how unnecessary real estate agents were and stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of this kind of these right. things were being talked about a lot so you saw a lot of the problems that i saw huge problems yeah. and i'm like hey guys like you know if we don't change our if we don't change we're going to like this thing's going to implode mm -hmm. and you know we so we need to add value we need to like we need to create a better experience for people in the general public through our agents. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was a big, um, uh, that was a big driver for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is before we had any <laughs> agents at all. So like we didn't even have anybody. So we slowly formulated this like ideal. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, obviously, like plagiarism is a great form of flattery. So like I copied tons of stuff from like <laughs> new joy church. I copied tons of stuff from Lululemon. Mm. I, you know, when every time I was reading the Bible, I was getting like these like sparks of like, okay, well like this is like, this is a good way of, of doing things and mm. this let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. When, you know, I remember reading, like the uh, Beatitudes um, and like salt and light. I'm like, how can I say salt and light to like um, our customers and our staff without saying salt and light? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and like, and re kind of positioning uh, things, yeah. you know? And so, you That's know, really it, neat. it yeah. was, well, I think, I think you, 
hit on like in retrospect is exactly how you create culture so get the founding leaders like you're just basically telling a story of how you started right and i'm sure you've told that story many times and those stories perpetuate culture Mm. so that's why every company like alibaba has jack ma failed all these so many times Mm. right you got a bunch of people together put them in apartment and then like you guys figure out this whole thing and why Mm -hmm. we're doing it we want to make sure that people in china have access to the market and right like his motivation right i don't know if that truly was but they're like stories that perpetuate this like Mm. hero heroic kind of status to the leader and maybe rightly so but that's why culture is founded on the leader so Mm -hmm. if the if the leader eventually dies off and switches right uh, and if the leader has done a good job of establishing the foundation of the culture the organization will stay do you think way. it has to be like a single leader or like i feel this is just in you know in our context in in our oakland context um because i have a group like so it's my sister myself my partner morgan and we kind of like but um, that's shared leadership yeah, now right but somebody had to want to start it yeah right right you started it i still remember you taking me to blockbuster <laughs> i'm like why why are we at blockbuster and he said oh no this is going to be my new office and then you say you had a vision mm-hmm. and you wanted me to pray for the I remember going to Oakland and praying for all the offices. <laughs> I'm like, this, this is when we this just is demoed. A, this is a video store. Right. But you had the vision. Like, I couldn't see it, but you saw yeah. it. Yeah. And so, and then you brought people together because of that vision. And right. then collectively, then after that, you became somebody who was a good leader that empowered others to, like, share their visions. Mm-hmm. But they added on to the collective, like, core desire which is you wanted to disrupt the real estate industry and you wanted to save it in some ways and you want to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. And then that resonated with people who are other leaders. And then they, now you have a team. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're the founder, uh, right? Basically, at the end of the day, you founded this company. Without you, Oakland will not happen. And so that's not yeah. a bad thing to say. Yeah. That is the truth. That's like uh, when I started New Joy Church, there's no way that it would have started without me. Mm-hmm. Like I started it with my wife. At the right. end of the day, if I didn't exist, there would be no New Joy Church. Mm-hmm. It would be called something else. But you bring people in and you yeah. create it. And then that's you do those things. And then at the end of the day, you have to be worth your worth your salt. Like you gotta you gotta have, you talk a good game, but do you actually carry it out? Mm-hmm. And that's how culture is established. Does this person like actually do what? he or she really says they want to do mm-hmm. so that's the values right we say things mm-hmm. like an iceberg like people see it but what do you really do like you say right. you care about people then you're and then you fire people mm. oh you don't really care about people you care about production yeah but then you put on your wall like mm. we care about people mm-hmm. and then people see right through it so right. your underlying value deep down inside is i care about production which is okay. Just be authentic about mm-hmm. it. And so that's going to cause a lot of people to 
like question your leadership and the culture and then the culture will never be established mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the culture that's established will probably be rooted in your underlying values that you haven't stated mm-hmm. so your values must align to your actions right and because you've done that I'm, I'm, that's why your company is the way it is and it's successful and um it's coming along like beautifully but a lot of people don't do that they have all these like you took the time to like sit down and really articulate your values and values can change over time but there's mm. like certain core values that you held on to and if they were true if they're true your culture your company culture will become that right but if they're not true it'll become what you didn't say but what you really believe yeah and then so you'll have like a contradiction mm-hmm. on your hands right and so I'm, i i commend mm. you for that you stuck to your guns and then and you you actually carried it out you know with the even symbols like so i remember i went to your office and then i said where's your office mm-hmm. right <laughs> so like michael's office you know i would think well he's the founder and the ceo you would think he's got a large beautiful office got like some puny little corner room <laughs> right <laughs> like the windowless office windowless <laughs> corner room i'm like wait a minute this is your office he goes yeah i don't even stay here that much like so those are things that reflect values right and his uh-huh. and then even your boardroom mm-hmm. or your strategy room is all covered it's all windows mm-hmm. right so everybody that's walking by it's can see that right it's transparent yeah. these people are working together yeah and what we're what we're doing is not a secret everybody mm-hmm. can see it so all those things have meaning like, right and then it translates to people mm-hmm. uh what you're really intending to say what you wanted what you want to do for example right. at church if you have a church that's dead and nobody is you go to church and they're singing and nobody's actually singing along or worshiping right. and that's probably because the leader doesn't value that hmm. and i always tell i these leaders some of the some of these pastors are wondering they come and ask me like how, how do you get excited like worshipers i go are you excited about worship do you value it mm-hmm. like how long do you how long do you spend mm-hmm. worshiping god like do you express yourself you can't ask everybody else to do what you're not doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you really valued it you would empathize, empathize, empathize it and and you would uh propagate it and you would teach on it mm. and you would make sure that it happens mm-hmm. and so it's all basically leadership value. So you can do a lot of these things, but if the leader doesn't value it and the leadership doesn't value it, mm-hmm. uh, you will never change culture. Mm. It will it will stay this exactly the status quo of what you unintentionally did maybe. Mm-hmm. And you got to recognize it. So if a culture organization wants to change something, they always have to go back to the you have to get a buy-in from the leadership and they recognize that we have to change something drastically. But those are some elements of culture and other than like organizational structure and power structures. And those are all things that people look to too. Like, you know, how you how you organize structurally. And yeah, it's so many elements to culture, but it's a very fascinating topic mm. because everybody wants to you know a lot of people write about it 
like Gladwell talks about it, Malcolm right. Gladwell, the tipping point. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of viral change that trans- transforms culture and mm-hmm. all that. There's there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about, but I commend mm-hmm. you, man. You, oh, well. you really established something that's long lasting. Yeah, you know, well, we we hope so. You know, we've been doing this for it's 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 been eight years, wow. so which is kind of like like kind of surprising. It goes by really fast, and I feel like you know if you're out there and you're like wanting to start like start something or start, um, I think people are really now I'm like stumbling, but. <laughs> People are scared to kind of verbalize the things that they dream about, the things that they want, the things that they, mm. um, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're just very fearful of actually speaking it out. If, you know, that's what I find with a lot of people in, in that, that I meet mm-hmm. is, um, and I feel like, you know, for me, I, I'm also the same way. I'm kind of scared about kind of, uh, doing that uh, kind of speaking out about kind of things that I want some or things that I like to see or mm. um, or being a bit bold in that way. And I feel like we were talking a little bit about like deep work and stuff like that and writing down uh, like your ideas, your thoughts and being able to have some people in your life that you really, really trust. Mm. So for example, I really trust Steve a lot. Like I brainstormed with him a lot. Like when we were formulating the company, I asked him lots of questions. We would go for coffee. I drive. I never go to Surrey. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never go. I'm going to be like, I never go to Surrey. I would drive like one hour <laughs> to go out to Surrey, meet with Steve. And I, and I wrote like all the whole morning I was writing down questions, ideas, and then like writing down and then refining my questions. Remember my notebook <laughs> that I was bringing with me? And then like, and then I would just flip pages. So I have like 10 pages of notes and then it's like four questions because I don't want to waste this guy's time. <laughs> so, and so, you know, to, to think about, you know, just to refine the process and kind of what, um, you know, so having some core key people around you, I mm-hmm. think is very, very important. So like, you know, obviously my relationship that I have with Steve was instrumental in, in, um, in helping us to, to, uh, start the company, um, go through a lot of different stages. And even now, like, you know, I still like rely, like I think of Steve as someone that's very close to me. Mm. Um, and someone that I can trust to, and I respect that we can have like open dialogue and we can talk about certain things. And then also like, you know, the people that are closest to you, um, in your life as well to kind of like make sure that those individuals that are nearest to you and dearest to you are your advocates and they're not your dissenters, Mm. you know? And I think you have to have that, uh, judgment and that discernment about who you're sharing things with. So I had some friends of mine, um, that I shared these ideas with Mm. and in front of me, in front of my face, they were very encouraging, very kind of like, Oh wow. Like, Mm. but then when I'm not there, I heard other stories Mm. of like, who is this guy think he is? (laughs) What is he? He's an idiot. And like, and who's going to follow him? Like, he's like, 
you know, this is a stupid wow. guy. Like, oh, no. you know, and so like, these or, are like close friends. These or are close. That? These are oh, reasonably wow. close friends. And so like having these, so being really being, I think, um, you know, Jesus has his 12 disciples, right? right? <laughs> but like, you know, like, I don't want to talk about like you need to get, but you need good people around you. Right, I think that right. that's, and there might be surprising. So would you recommend people to keep, like share their ideas to, to many people? Or, or even, I think sharing like, your ideas with, you know, you know, when you're, when you're going deep yeah. and you're figuring things out mm-hmm. and you're like going up the mountain, like, and trying to trouble, not troubleshoot, but try to, to like work through some things that aren't certain to you that haven't, that God has either hasn't shown you mm-hmm. for certain, or you're just in that kind of exploratory stage like yeah being with like first of all they have to be very wise Mm -hmm. so you have to like look at like you know okay this person is very wise they have wisdom even if they're a young person like Mm -hmm. i spoke to like one of the my very first staff that we ever got um she was very wise in the ways of like running a brokerage uh-huh. And so like having like, is this stuff even practical? Like it was mm. good. And she was really rooting for me too. Mm. Um, yeah. So she was the first, so she was the um, first staff we ever hired for the company. And um, I remember when I started the company, she called, like she was helping us on the weekends for free mm. to just help to set up our company. Cause we didn't know how to set up a company. Mm. And we just asked her like, can you, would you want to work here? And, we didn't and you know she she said okay well i this is what i get paid right now i was like we can't pay you that okay i'll take this which was less Mm. i said okay well we can stretch it and pay that to you i suppose (laughs) so like but yeah because she was wise in that way and you know just being really so but she wouldn't be someone that you would say um has like tremendous experience in right in like business or anything like that Mm. so yeah it's just i think that that was really key and i think for steve specifically because you know he actually took the time to get to know me get to know my story get to know you know me as a person as an individual Mm. we spent a lot you know we yeah so So really building up that core support yeah yeah totally have honest feedback yeah Yeah. have honest feedback and some some people that you're not going to be uh, you, you, you're comfortably vulnerable with and open with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times when you're leading an organization, you feel like everyone's looking to you in a certain right. way. So you can't actually say that you're wrong or you can't actually. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's something that I struggle with, you know, to be like, Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I'm wrong. This is, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I've admitted that to 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 you know to certain people in a sense, and you know it's always worked out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you always you always listen. I think that's a key point. <laughs> people don't feel like they're wasting their time, but yeah. I mean, you you. I mean, go, thinking about culture. I mean, during this COVID, I remember you called me. I hope you don't mind me sharing. No. I remember he called me. He was like, "I need to talk to you," and then he said, "COVID is happening," and I'm like. I need to know what to do. Like, how do how do I navigate through this COVID? That was last year, right? And then you have some points, and I was like, "Well, here's some things that you need to do, maybe." <laughs> and uh, I said, one of the first things I said is like, "Don't fire anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep everybody, even if you have to take a pay cut yourself or like go into savings. Just don't fire anybody mm-hmm. because that's what you value. You value people, right?" Don't compromise your values because you're scared. 
and and then some other things like over communicate just over communicate everything mm -hmm. and, mm. um just make people feel like less insecure during this flux flux and transformational time but you actually did that right mm -hmm. and his company became even more successful because then people trust you people feel yeah. like mm. oh michael actually when the crunch when when the crap hit the fan and michael could have been completely scared and other mm -hmm. companies are just firing people or reducing numbers or whatever or he actually stuck to his guns and acted on his what he really believed and that showed mm -hmm. more than anything he could have done in like 10 years so you know those are the kind of things that shape shape a company mm -hmm. that's that's the stories that mm. people will tell later like you know oh actually he increased my salary he like raised mm. our salaries mm -hmm. like those those are the things that you do to mm -hmm. make people think oh this guy really believes in what he believes <laughs> like yeah it's not just things on the wall right so right yeah so those are like tipping points those are like right crucible moments that you you passed right so yeah it was it and thank you for those, you know, for, for that advice. Cause yeah, we, during that first stage, you know, obviously we were talking, it was so, it was, I think just before that call that I had with Steve about that, or sorry, just before or just after that call I had with Steve, I, I'm in this ownership, like, so all the owners of most of the major uh, real estate companies in Vancouver were part of this group. And we meet up every once in a while, talk about the industry, talk about what's happening. We kind of um, discuss certain like issues that are coming in the industry because these are all the other broker owners. And they were talking. It was a weird thing. They were almost kind of slightly bragging about how they were cutting their overhead mm. by like reducing their you know, staffing and cut their receptionist and all these other things like that. And I think that was just after or just before the call. It was and before I, because you would tell you, that's the first thing you told yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just before. Yeah, and so I was just like, everyone else is, that wasn't, you know, that everyone else is finding their people. I didn't want to react. I wanted to be really proactive. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, yeah. So we kept every single staff. Wow. Um, we were honest with our agents and our customers essentially that, we're going to keep all of our staff. So we were, we did over communicate. We're, we're going to keep all of our staff, but we understand this is a time where you guys are probably going to make a lot of money. We can't keep our staff and make it absolutely free, but we're going to heavily discount our, um, you know, during this time mm -hmm. until we see things getting better. Um, so I hope you can stay with us and stay, you know, and so that we can keep the staff that we love. And then, so we talked to, and we communicated that to the agents, but we said, we're going to double down and commit to, professional development right now so we're mm -hmm. taking this and i think you know steve and i talked about this like this is a time for strategy planning and and professional development so that uh you know we're this is kind of like uh spring training before the game starts again because mm -hmm. and so we took that as a uh, you know we doubled down tripled down quadrupled down on our educational programming mm. um, we started the podcast the oakland podcast because mm -hmm. of covid mm. we started the um we do like this monday instagram live thing every and yeah. we, every week we're like we we spend a lot of time 
kind of adjusting and communicating those things. We like, yeah, so we did a lot of different uh, coursework and stuff like that. And we did, I did a lot of one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. with agents as well okay. during that time to help them through their troubleshoot through their business. So it was like, it was really good. And yeah. that's all part of like forming the culture too, right? Like even with the podcast, they got to hear more like you and Morgan's voice. Mm-hmm. So that's really like shaping like the, the voice of the company. Yeah. You know, experience. The, well, obviously we're on a podcast. I love podcasts. I think like, even if you, it's funny, like, even if you only have, like when we started the open podcast, we have like only a few listeners. Yeah. Now we have like, you know, more listeners, mm. but it's not really about quantity. It's about the quality of the experience of the person. They get to know right. the company. They get to know you. They get to know the intention. So I actually think that it's a great culture builder. Um, it's one of like, Morgan has this thing called marketing pillars. It's one of our co- sorry content pillars. Right. It's one of our content pillars that we have in the company. It address leads and drives a lot of our mm. initiatives. And and so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a cool medium. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to, you got to repeat, 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 and you got to just drill it in. So it's like with your actions and your words, this is going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. over and over and mm-hmm. over again until it's just habitual you know that's how asians build build our culture right the like great sunday wall. I thought sunday you were say the great wall <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's just chinese not <laughs> sunday dinners sunday oh. dinners um you know honoring the dead right like mm. these like going to the cemetery like, yeah. these are all rituals that people right. do what why are they doing that why are they doing that just mm-hmm. to teach the children you respect elders, right? Right. Uh, and so these are all embedded ritualistic activities to repeat like the values that they uphold. Yeah. Right. So if you don't value family and you're not eating dinner together, you're telling your kids that I don't really care well, that's that very much. Interesting. You can't say as a father, like, Oh, I'm so busy. I can't, I'm going to eat in the office Mm -hmm. and then say, Oh, what happened to my family? I have family Mm -hmm. values. Actually, that's not true. Mm. Um, You got to make the time Mm. because that's when you say, this is more important. When people say to me, I start laughing. They're like, my family is more important than anything. And I go, how much time do you spend your family? If you're not spending time with your family, it's just words. It's just sentiment. Mm -hmm. Not really reality. And your your kids probably totally get it now, and that's why they're watching TV while playing video and watching TV or pl- watching YouTube and eating dinner mm-hmm. because they know that you don't value it that much because it's just mm. hypocrisy. Mm. But if you value it and you really care about spending time with them, then they will value it mm-hmm. when they grow up, and they'll perpetuate that to their children. Right. Very interesting. So you got to keep doing it over and over. <laughs> over yeah even if sometimes your kids don't want to do it or your organization doesn't want to do it mm-hmm. like if you're doing it as a company president and we're going to have like a a weekly like company meeting where i go through like right what we're doing and mm-hmm. uh because you value communication and then everyone's uh-huh. like oh man michael's gonna talk again mm-hmm. no you gotta do it right you gotta do it every week because you don't care what people say think in the moment you care about the values that's going to last beyond you mm-hmm. and so you got to keep repeating repeating doing doing and then it, after a while people get it like 
Mm. They really believe this stuff. They're going to keep doing it over and over again. So this is something that you have, like, let's say for a company, you have them participate in too, like this ritual, uh, repeatable. The rituals action. are like what you do as a person, like uh -huh. personal rituals, but uh, uh, organizational, like team rituals, but mm. also organizationally like rituals. Mm. Like what you do, it's it like actually communicates like a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I saw this video, American Factory, the documentary that yeah. won the Oscar. So if it, the glass fact, like it's the Fuyao glass company in mm -hmm. China, right? And then so what do they do? Every ritual before they work, all the Chinese workers line up with their like uh, station manager. And then they have to what, count down. E, R, Sum, Su. <laughs> There's like a military, right? So obviously, what are they communicating to these workers? Mm -hmm. We do not tolerate individualism. Right. <laughs> we are we are Chinese and we are collective. Yeah. And we're an army. <laughs> and you right. must do what line, we comply, say and fall yeah. in line. Yeah. And you are just machines, uh -huh. parts of a big machine. And it's funny because they, even on their wall, they have these gears mm -hmm. of a mm -hmm. big machinery on their wall as like their symbol. Mm -hmm. So what are they saying? <laughs> they are calling. And they have all the Chinese leaders. From Mao to Xi Jinping. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's only a few. Yeah. Right. Right. And so they have all the leaders and then they, what are they communicating? We are part of this greater Chinese experiment called the Chinese gov government, like Chinese Communist Party. Right. And you are part of that. You are just one small part. Mm. That's what they're communicating. Mm -hmm. They're doing that every freaking day mm -hmm. without mm. fail right seven days a week right so when they do those things it's everybody understands oh, okay this is what they believe this is what we do here mm -hmm. so if you're an american worker you work at that glass company you're gonna have to learn chinese right. you're gonna have to say e -R -sum -su. <laughs> yeah right so that's yeah, drink the kool-aid as they say <laughs> yeah yeah well that's yeah. that's the culture the cultural kool-aid right yeah that's what it i think is. it is that you know that element of consistency i think is is absolutely they say like in order for like a human being to like actually change or they they have to do it through like it's through habit it's through like rhythm and rinse and right. repeat right um that's kind of the the the, the best mod modality to to make sure that you have some say it's 40 or 66 times yeah I heard yeah. about the 40 yeah yeah so you have to keep like you know repeating and doing it over and over again it has to be um, that that way it changes things. So like, um, have you ever been in a like a company or in a place that has a bad culture? Um, oh I yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say bad culture, but a culture that's not to my liking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I've been in I've been in meetings or organizations where. Um, it was very corporate, especially for religious organizations. Hmm. Everybody's jost jost uh, jostling for position and right. favor and and status. And so um, I guess in a setting like that, I, either I compromise my own values or I have to leave. Right. But you just got to, as an individual, I tell, I tell my students too, when you work in a company, one of the most important things is to really figure out their culture, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And really understand it. Because if your values don't do not jive with that culture, 
you're going to have emotional labor and you're going to get depressed because right. you're going to have to suppress your convictions or you're going to have to change yourself to work mm -hmm. for that company, which is a lot of emotional labor. And I would say, uh, make sure that your, your values are aligned with that company. Even if it's, you're not going to, you're going to make less money. Mm. It's really better for your mental wellness. Yeah. To be honest, to be honest with you. So mm. just really try to figure it out. Like that's a good question to ask if you're in a job interview. Can you explain to me your like company culture? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll tell you, and then you can just feel it. You just walk mm -hmm. around. Right. And then you just look around, and then you can see the symbols on the wall, and you can see how their yeah. offices are formed, what yeah. kind of what what the people are like, how they're dressed. Mm -hmm. That all speaks to culture, and you can sense it. It's like it's like the air you breathe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can you can breathe it. You can breathe it in, and you can just sense it. So. For sure. If you feel something off, I think you better really figure it out before you accept the job offer. Right. Have you been in a bad culture, Josh? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just thinking I'm trying to speak very generally because I don't want to <laughs> point fingers. But essentially, like, I think, yeah, Steve's right. I think it really comes down to the leadership mm -hmm. or, like, say, senior management. Because sure. if they, you know lay out some rules or like these are our values there's like communicated values and then there's like the real the real culture yeah, yeah like you look at all these companies they're like oh integrity uh innovation <laughs> like that's what we value it's all so typical um like yeah get your and a lot of a lot of tech companies now that i see right. um they have this this is a new thing now like they have culture handbooks so when yeah they yeah they give them out culture to like, guide culture guide yeah. yeah and i think i think that's that's really good too but at the end of the day it's really like the leadership or the people that have to embody it mm -hmm. so anyways yeah i've been in some companies where they have the stated values that right. like yeah we're we're all this and that and sounds good but i think it's really the i think the role of the manager they uphold and they implement those values too and so I've been in companies where like managers didn't didn't uphold it at all and mm -hmm. it was just very toxic and um I think it was actually more of an industry um culture too mm -hmm. uh yeah like you said with real estate too right. right like this is just like it's more of a I quickly saw that it wasn't if we changed the company it wasn't really going to make much of a deal because you're interacting with other companies and the other uh like consultants in the, right. in the space so it's more of a systemic issue yeah um so yeah it's it's really interesting that's why i'm trying to i want to yeah. talk about culture because it's it's it can be it's, micro to macro yeah it's really hard because okay so for example i mean some people are like very idealistic young people and they're like i'm going to go and change that culture mm -hmm. and i would say don't don't do that because you're not going to change anything mm. because it's just it could, that company's been around a long time and also the who, even if it hasn't the founder is the driver you right unless you change the founder i mean who are you to like mm. that you, you can't do that uh, but also certain organizations you can't bring your if if it doesn't match um it's never going to match mm -hmm. unless systemically that like that company or that field of work right. changes their values for example if you work for a hedge fund <laughs> you're working for a hedge fund what is their what is their motive what is their goal make, make money. money make money right I, I don't care if they're like integrity 
No, that's all BS. Mm -hmm. it, what is your value? Make money. What do you want to do? Make money. What is your aspiration to make as much money as possible? Mm -hmm. That's the hedge fund, right? Mm -hmm. So that's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not disparaging that. I mean, at all. But if somebody who's like, I believe in global, like, you know, I believe in like climate change and I believe in like the global inequality, like inequality yeah. in the globe. And there's like, you know, we need to give our give to charities mm -hmm. and you have that kind of heart. Hedge fund is not going to be the right job for you. Even if you're brilliant with mm. the market, like this is, it's not about your skill. Your values do not match their values. Mm. And you're going to have a hard time in that company. Even if you told the line, like you'll just have to like change yourself, mm -hmm. change who you are. So I would say just certain certain fields of work that might not match with um, who you're supposed to be, right? So I think the job that I do right now, uh, I'm I'm really thankful that God stopped me and put me in this field because I think I would have really like had a hard time if I was a lawyer. Hmm. Mm. Because I really wanted to be like a lawyer, like a, I wanted to be a crown attorney. I wanted to put the bad guys away. Yeah, right. But I think one of the things I know is that crown attorneys uh, a lot of times have to make deals with criminals, and mm -hmm. at the same time, they sometimes they know like this guy might be guilty, it might mm -hmm. be innocent, but it's your job to like prosecute the case. That would really compromise my values. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah, I have a hard time doing things like that. And if I was mm. a defense lawyer, I have to defend the criminal. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things like that that I cannot do. I'm like very black and white. So, right. mm. so I'm thankful that I'm a, I preach the Bible, yeah. <laughs> and I teach a job where I just talk about theoretical things that I know <laughs> should be true. Right. I'm like I could t talk about things black and white, uh, and then I could just go home and sleep because. I just can't live in a world where I'm like, literally have to. <laughs> and that's why I think I married a wife that's even more black and white than me. <laughs> 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 yeah. She's ultra, ultra black and white. Right. So, so uh, have you put any consideration into the, what kind of culture you'd like to build for Rain City for the new ministry coming up? Yeah, I have. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's accumulation. I guess I am. I do have like people like Josh who's like, mm -hmm. you know, collaborating and partnering but at the end of the day i mean it's my wife and i we are founding mm. if we don't want to do it i don't think there'll be unless you guys want to do it by yourself <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah so i think we are founding this but it's a culmination of almost 26 25 years of ministry and it's what we believe in what our values are right and so i think it's not going to change too much um yeah. So we're still writing it down, but it's in our vision statement. Yeah. And it's in our, it's in the three R's that we, yeah, we can share. Up. Sure. Yeah. yeah what that. are the three R's? Well, what, well, well the, the why, don't you, why don't you share the vision? Sure, I yeah. wanna, I'm, okay. I'm trying not this to test. test. <laughs> test <laughs> <laughs> right. Better not fail. Uh, no. So the overarching vision statement is cultivating God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And and so the mission statement or, or the R's that we kind of want to uphold that is re revive, uh, restore, and release. Yay! Ding 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 ding! One hundred percent, man. A so, plus. So reviving, like 
um, and we're trying to expand a little bit more on that, like reviving hearts, reviving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really about like that, that initial state of like reviving, you know, what's really bring your heart back to life. Mm-hmm. And that is, a bit, you know, with salvation and really encountering God and then restoring lives. That's kind of, you know, the re- once you're kind of saved, you want to be restored. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things to uh be healed there's a lot of hurts and things like that so you want to restore to the original design that mm-hmm. god has given us so a lot of that is like identity building and everything too right um and then finally when they're you're matured you want to be we want to release people into their destinies uh into their giftings uh into the callings that god has planned into their mm-hmm. their lives and so it propagates out and hopefully it'll start all over again mm-hmm. yeah that was good man that's Did I pass? Oh yeah. yeah, more than pass. Right. <laughs> it's know, exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I love the kind of the the seed, you know, the 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 you know where where this is where you guys are coming from is yeah, this it's really exciting to to see. And I'm I'm sure this culture is going to grow and mm. and uh you know, that would be like when you said rev- like those 3 Rs revive, I just thought of I just like in right in my like uh, back of my mind, I just thought of like the Holy Spirit, like you know, mm-hmm. getting revived in people where they it was like dormant for a long time. That's right. You know, so if you've like gone to church and then have stopped going to church, or mm-hmm. uh, you've gone, you know, you've you've been introduced to um, to Jesus in some form or fashion, and um, and like there's like a small like. Sh- uh, strain inside of you like reach out to josh and steve and learn more about the ministry i think that'd be really great um and i hope uh everyone out there you know is uh um you know that's listening is is you know trying to uh, you know we'll take some positives out of it and we're we're one of the small platforms that uh, <laughs> that uh, rain city is going to be on so yeah that's really cool and i think on that note i think we should yeah i think that's a good 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 end good ending segue yeah. on that note guys what's the best way of getting in touch with us josh reach out to us at the grotto podcast at gmail.com or on instagram at the grotto podcast awesome yeah until next time guys thanks so much for listening to the grotto podcast <laughs>